the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Friday the 4th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, so West Virginia and Maryland, coming individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Cavalli. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. I'm so excited. I've got my special Christmas headband on because today is the kickoff for Christmas Cash for Kids. Oh, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, Today's I-75, one of our sister stations, mm-hmm. really takes uh, command of that. And that's such a cool, I mean, tradition here in mm-hmm. the Panhandle. Rona's going to be across the street at City National Bank. Um, I'm going to pop over there for the uh, for the press conference that they'll have. It's the 17th year. You guys Crazy. are always so great getting behind this. And they need to raise $30,000 to help needy families uh, and, and make Christmas much more bright for uh, kids in the area. Uh, they do a lot of great things at Paw Paw, for example, and we'll talk about that um, as the as the weeks progress, of course. But uh, as you know, it's no secret, uh, Election Day is coming up on Tuesday, and we've been talking a lot about especially the amendments, Amendment 2 in particular, getting some different points of view about that. To that end, this morning, joining us via phone is, your, is West Virginia Senator Robert Carnes. Welcome in. Good morning, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. So orient us. Are you, because I know everything's kind of changing because of the redistricting. Are you in District 11 and what county is that? Uh, I'm in District 11 and it's actually seven counties. Wow. So I, I'm out of Randolph <laughs> County, but yeah, there's a the largest district in the state and some tell me the largest district east of the Mississippi River. So that's a lot of ground. Those are a lot of doors to knock on. <laughs> yeah, uh, They are. They are. And a lot of driving <laughs> in between them. So um, let's get right to it. We've had a lot of attention up here in the panhandle. The governor came. Um, you know, we obviously have a, a lot of uh, the uh, Senate and House leadership coming from up here. They've been able to to let us know how they feel about Amendment 2. Where do you stand on Amendment 2 and why? Well, so in the beginning, actually, I, I was a pretty strong supporter of the idea um, of Amendment 2. I voted to send it out of the Senate Um and and then over the course of the last, you know, most of a, a year that we've really been seriously talking about what we call the so-called Senate plan, I've, I've just seen this plan taking shape and then just a really hardcore unwillingness to consider alternatives that I think is going to do a great deal of damage um, to West Virginia's counties and cities and, and local boards of education because uh, it's going to take all that money away, half a billion dollars away from local government, um, and then it's going to rely on basically an IOU and the check is in the mail system out of Charleston. And I believe that what will happen fairly quickly, maybe not in the first year or two, but certainly within the first you know five or ten years, we'll start to see that money become a political football. Every year the counties and the cities and the local boards will have to be in Charleston with their hand out begging for their money. And I just don't think that um, that's that's very conducive to a good, strong local government. Okay, so you're in the Senate. You kind of see where the sausage is being made. 
Um, and it sounds as though you don't trust the process. Well, the thing is, it's, it's not even today's process. It's the overall process, right? So we, we can't even say, look, if today we could trust everybody in Charleston, which I don't necessarily think is even the case, but even if we could, it's going to be completely different people, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now. When I was originally elected in 2014 versus today, there's only about seven people in our caucus that are still there. And so you've had a turnover of the majority of the Senate in only an eight-year period. And so the idea that it's not who we're trusting today, it's who we're trusting 10 years from now and 20 years from now, and we don't even know who that is. So, you know, I, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here, but a lot has been made about the fact that we have historic uh you know, budget, uh, you know, revenue surpluses. So um, why can't we just go ahead and pay for for um, the counties through that? I mean, we are, we're swimming in money right now. Well, so there's a couple of things there. First of all, again, it comes back to that question of trust. Do you trust um, that ever in the history of West Virginia, you know, politicians won't say, you know what, my county is more important than your county. I'm going to steer some more money that way. And so I think that's almost certainly going to happen. I think when you look at the way, and you mentioned the the sausage-making process, the way that works is, look, leadership really needs your vote on a bill, and you've got that bill that you've been working on, and if you want your bill to pass, you have to vote for our bill, whether you like it or not. Well, now they're going to have, not only is your bill going to die, but your counties are going to get starved to death because they're going to take money away from your local governments. Well, you talked about there at the beginning some of the alternatives that some people might not, well, in the, uh, you know, the powers that be might not be willing to kind of um, listen to or look at. What are some of those alternatives that uh, you might want to bring to the table? Well, I, I think, first of all, and and uh, I've been working on this since 2017, just as the governor has, uh, if we're talking about alternatives tax-wise, is all of the data out there says that, that cutting uh, income taxes, reducing it, eliminating it eventually will do far more to grow West Virginia's economy than a personal property tax. So, uh, first of all, that's the better alternative just in this you know, option. Um, and, 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 again, I'm not quite sure if that's what you're referring to in terms of alternatives, but I also think if you're going to get rid of the personal property tax, right now that's money that's guaranteed to the counties. So rather than um, you know throwing in an IOU, we should be looking at how we can make that money up in a way that's not, you know, just up for political grabs. So another, and and I'm asking you these specific questions because I know that you've you've sat in on a lot of these meetings and you you're very familiar with the way the process goes and and what the climate has been in West Virginia. One of the complaints about the way the current tax structure is set up, especially for businesses, is that um, it it tends to um, placate or play to large industries coming in because they get those uh, pilot uh, agreements where the payment in lieu of taxes, you know, come to our, to our County, come to our state, you know, bring us some jobs, bring us some industry, and you don't have to pay the taxes on your inventory at the same level that a smaller business does. So some of the smaller businesses we had Gat Caperton on from Gat Creek Furniture in Berkeley Springs, uh, this week. And he was saying, you know, this is, it's kind of a, a business killer. It, it you know it, it keeps us from being able to recruit good business to the state at at that smaller level. So what do you say to that? Well, in the first place, I would say you know clearly there's a little bit of unfairness there, and I can't argue that point either way. What I can say is, uh, you know, one of the things early on that was often said about this is that West Virginia was a complete outlier; that there were only five or six states that even had this tax. 
Um, and, and, you know, that put us way outside of the norm. Well, the truth of the matter is it's 38 states that have this tax, okay? So we're not outside the norm, and states that have booming economies like Florida and Texas and Tennessee, uh, they have this tax. So part of what we have to do as we begin to rebuild West Virginia's economy, which clearly we've been working on, and you guys have been fortunate up there in the panhandles, I'm sure you're aware because of your proximity to the national capital region, but... um, you know, as we rebuild our economy, we have to answer the questions both of fairness but also effectiveness. And the income tax is much more effective. The personal property tax um, just has not been an effective way to grow an economy. And we're speaking with Senator Robert Kearns from uh, District 11. Now, unfortunately, we have to be getting to our first break here in a few minutes, and uh, I got, we have a few more questions to ask you. But I just want to uh, hear overall kind of your general uh, feelings the in, terms, yeah, in terms of <laughs> Amendment 2. If, uh, you know, one of your constituents would come up to ask you, you know, what are your st- what's your stance? What is that stance on Amendment 2? I, I think we need to vote Amendment 2 down, and I think that it doesn't mean that we have to accept that these taxes are with us forever. Look, I hate paying taxes. My reputation is as a guy who never supports a tax increase and who you know will, will vote almost any time to cut any tax, but it doesn't mean this is the right way to do it. We need to make sure that our counties um, you know, have some reasonable expectation of revenue and just saying trust us isn't going to do it. You know, I think it's very noteworthy that the only two counties – uh, that have endorsed Amendment 2 are Berkeley County and Putnam County. Now, Ber- Berkeley County obviously is the home of the, the Senate president, and so you sort of have the impression that promises have been made there. Hmm. Putnam County is the home of the Senate finance chair, and again, you sort of feel like promises have been made there. And it's those promises that are actually what worry me, right, because that means that there's political you know, favor being given to, you know, oh, it's my home county, don't you worry, I'll protect you. It's those other counties that are going to suffer. Wow. So, uh, Senator Robert Carnes from the from District 11 is with us. I believe you guys are going to be up in our neck of the woods this month at Capen State Park. Have you ever been uh, at that park? Yeah, I've been to Capen. I, I, I travel pretty extensively, so I've been throughout um, most of the Panhandle at one time or another. Well, we look forward to seeing you. We're going to try to uh, to to do some shows from up there while you're here. But will you be able to, as a body, do much during interims? However, this shakes out on election day. <clears throat> no, uh, yeah. Obviously, interim sessions are more about uh, you know looking at issues and studying issues. I don't think this is a serious part of you know the interim discussion. We'll obviously know by then uh, you know, if Amendment Two passes or not. But, um, you know, the interims probably won't really address it unless the governor were to call a special session in some way related to the outcome of Amendment 2. Well, Senator Robert Kurtz, thank you for taking a little time on a Friday morning to chat with us up here in the Panhandle on Panhandle Live. Well, thank you, guys. Take care. And that was Senator Robert Kearns of District 11 sharing his thoughts on Amendment 2. And it's interesting hearing, you know, these, uh, I guess, polar opposite opinions mm-hmm. uh, on amend- Amendment 2, depending on uh, who you talk to. And it, uh, I think one of the main takeaways that I've heard is just that we're in such a special circumstance up here in the panhandle, and that's why this is such a contentious issue. And, you know, all the, the leadership has morphed more into an Eastern Panhandle-centric uh, mm-hmm. centric leadership, which 
means that, you know, the complaints that we've had for years about, you know, Charleston doesn't understand us, that the rest of the state may be saying, look, we don't have the kind of industry you have in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. Panhandle doesn't understand, understand us, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it may be like the shoes on the other foot. Right. I think it has been fascinating. And you can listen back to, um, we've had interviews pro and con. We've covered the um, the governor coming up and, and his point of view as well. Uh, and some of the pushback that he received when he was here, uh, trying to give you uh, as much information ahead of the general election when folks are going to, you know, decide on a number of amendments and levies. But um, this seems to be the, you know, the primary focus of a lot of folks, this amendment to issue. But you can listen back to those conversations we've had with folks who have an opinion one way or the other on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify. Absolutely. And we'll step aside here for a few minutes. We'll come back uh, for more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. There must be some kind of way out of here. Said a joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kabalik. And Marsha, I'm surprised you made it to work on time today after being out partying all night long. <laughs> that was fun. So seeing you in your element at Captain Bender's for the Coach Ernie McCook show and seeing um, you know how much people get behind that show, mm-hmm. it's, it was really I mean, you can hear it whenever you're listening on the radio. There's a there are a lot of people there, mm-hmm. and they're enjoying their evening. They're having a nice dinner, but um, you know, they're also listening, reacting, you know, and um, to to the guests that you have. So that was really neat to see you do your thing. Yeah, well, it was a fun one. It was nice to see you and your daughter uh, out there hanging out <laughs> at Captain Bender's for burger night, and it was an interesting burger. Uh, it was a good burger, I'll say, uh, but it was a it was the French onion dip burger. And every Thursday night out at Captain Bender's for the coaches show, it's uh, burger night, mm-hmm. uh, so it's specialty burger. It's the only time you can get it uh, any week, and well, they've been great all week or all season long so far, and well, definitely continued uh, last night with the um, French onion dip burger. But uh, so how was it? Oh, it was delicious. Because I didn't good. have it. had like some uh, fried onions and stuff on, like uh-huh. uh, deep fried onions and stuff on top. And it was really good. But you went for the Old Faithful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyone who listens knows. I, I love their fish and chips. I, it really is the best fish and chips I've had in the entire world. And you've been to England. Yeah. So. I'm saying something. So good. So I get it. I get my fries because I'm a wimp. I get them without the spice. Mm-hmm. But they have the spicy fries, which are a huge hit too. So anyway, it was funny because my daughter went and I'm like... You know, I said, oh, look at the menu ahead of time. Everything they have is really good. You but. Know? Uh-huh. She ended up getting the same thing. Fish and chips. It, which she really liked. Well, cool. So, and well, it, was it, was neat. it was neat for her to see kind of, you know, what oh, we yeah. do. You know, the whole radio. The people stuff. actually listen to us out there. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not just talking to ourselves and our families. Every right. Day. Exactly. But speaking of families, it's definitely turned into a little uh, Thursday night family out there. Captain Bender's with the uh, some administrative administrative staff comes out. Some of the different coaches come out. Got uh, students at things. I mean, my whole family's there and friends mm-hmm. are there every week. So uh, it's fun. If you are looking for something to do on Thursdays or if you have an off Thursday uh, coming up because we're going all the way through playoffs. Might be a little bit of a break during Thanksgiving because uh, the Thursday show You're falls not- on Thanksgiving <laughs> Eve. So Aren't you committed? 
Well, yeah, but I mean, if it all works out, that'll be their bye week anyway. So maybe just give everybody kind of a break off or give a week off, you know. Uh, but we'll see. That's none of that's set in stone yet. Mm-hmm. But we are good all the way through playoffs and wherever the uh, the ride ends. Well, that's when the Ernie McCook show ends. But look, there's no signs and that's stopping as of right now. But it was interesting to talk to Coach, uh, especially yesterday, about uh, last week's game because it was Military Appreciation Day, but it was also Senior Day. And this is a pretty special group of seniors, uh, you know, just because of the talent that they've been and the, how successful they've been, but also uh, because, well, Coach's son, Michael McCook, is a big-time fixture on the team, and, well, he's a senior as well. So here's a little bit of a clip back uh, from last night's Ernie McCook show, which you can hear live every Thursday on uh, 95.9 The Big Dog at 7.30, and this is Coach talking about the special group of seniors and, of course, his son, Michael McCook, who is also a senior. You know, I think the fact that uh, we were able, able to honor our seniors and go out uh, – with a really solid performance was great. I think our, our players did a tremendous job of celebrating senior um, military appreciation day first. Yeah. Uh, and, and then when our families of our seniors and the seniors themselves are able to be together, it's a pretty awesome deal. You know, it's awesome having your son on the team. And one thing I will always appreciate about Michael is uh, he's done everything the right way his whole time here. Uh, he's never... Um, compromise my position as the head coach and him being my son he's uh, got a great work ethic he gets tremendous grades uh, he does what he's supposed to do and I couldn't be more proud of him and I think my wife and I are really blessed with our three kids if you want to listen back to the whole Ernie McCook show, you can uh, find that over on the Big Dog's Facebook page right now. Just search 95.9 The Big Dog, uh, and it's up there. But, you know, you talk about it being a family, and, well, the whole McCook family is there. Mm-hmm. The whole McCook family, I think, uh, aside from um, Coach's wife, have been on the Ernie McCook show now. His son was on. His daughter, Molly's youngest daughter, Molly, was on last night. She's part of the social media team, which they were all on, and that was a blast. That was fun. It's cool to have the different uh, guests on there, you know, because um, – you know, you're used to hearing all the uh, you're used to hearing all of the football talk and things like that. Uh, but you know, you're not used to hearing the support staff, and you know, you see all this stuff on social media, you see everything else, uh, but you don't know who's putting that up. And it was cool to talk to those folks. Yeah, they they deal with recruiters like big time NFL recruiters and all that, and and they really make the the football team shine. Absolutely. Well, we'll step aside and get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll come back. We'll keep chatting on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firms. You guys, Virginia and Maryland, you can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewater. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with us if you want to uh, text us on the text line, 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. That's also our uh, phone-in line as well. If you uh, want to call us, say what's up. Or... Uh, if you want to respond to Marsha's question of the day. Okay, so election day is Tuesday, <clears throat> of course. And you don't have to give your name or anything, but like, are you voting in person there on Tuesday? Have you early voted? Are you voting? And if you have a take on any of the amendments or the levy, are you supporting the police levy? Are you supporting the school's levy? Um, 
let us know what you think. Yeah, you can text us, 304-263-4321, especially when it comes to the amendments we've heard, uh, of course, and you heard already earlier this morning, Senator Robert Carnes from down the southern part of State District 11, uh, giving his opinions on Amendment 2. But what are your thoughts? Text us, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. And um, I've put together kind of a compilation of a couple of uh, Amendment 2 back-to-back, for and against um you know, mm-hmm. for, for our listeners. So while you're getting your courage up to text us or call us, uh, let's listen into this. And I think this may be our final bite at the apple on Amendment 2. Um, and of course, you can listen to our archived um, shows as well. But uh, let's listen into that. And again, our text line, 304-263-4321. Of course, everyone knows that the general election is on Tuesday. Lots of candidates, but also four amendments. One of them is Amendment 2, which has been billed as a, a an avenue, a vehicle to eventually get rid of some taxes on personal property tax for individuals, but also some industry as well. To that end, we're uh, talking to Gat Caperton from Gat Creek Furniture in Berkeley Springs about how he feels about Amendment 2. Thanks so much for calling in. Welcome in. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Thank you. A lot of talk about how Amendment 2 could potentially impact uh, the tax base in counties. We're going to have uh, some folks on tomorrow to talk about opposing Amendment 2. Where do you stand on Amendment 2? Well, I, I, I favor Amendment 2. It's really important for the overall state of West Virginia. We as a state have been you know, basically in competition for the last 50-plus years for capital and capital investment. And uh, we have a long history of being underinvested in you know, other states and other countries have gotten far more investment. That's when people bring money in and build factories or people who live in the state add to their factory, expand their factories. And, you know, capital ultimately is what creates change. In this. It's, you know, bringing capital, you have a nice machinery, you have better paying jobs, you have more jobs. And uh, this uh, current situation where we have a, where we have a, uh, a tax on capital, essentially inventory machinery, has been very detrimental to the overall state. Um, and it has driven you know, driven away and it made us uncompetitive for capital and new capital investments both inside and out. And you know we've got a once in a generation opportunity to, uh, to to change the constitution to allow us to approach that differently and not penalize people that invest in the state. Um, so it'd be this would be it'd be a great plus for the state overall if we were able to. Uh, changes change the constitution with amendment two. Yeah, we so, should uh, we should yes. we should mention that amendment two. Um, you know, if it's passed on Tuesday, on Wednesday, all the taxes don't just fall away. It's just a stepping stone to allow that constitutional amendment to happen. You can read more at wvmetronews.com. Brad McElhaney uh, put together a kind of a synopsis of all the amendments. But um, if amendment two passes. And then the um, the legislature meets. As a matter of fact, they're meeting at, K- at K- Capen, mm-hmm. uh the the following week. Um, hopefully, uh, they'll be able to make sense of whatever the voters decide. Um, but if they if things go the way that you're hoping they go, what would that mean to a manufacturer like Gat Creek? Uh, so uh, under the current uh, system, when when we double the capacity of our facility, we uh, bring in more inventory. Uh, we do all this investment. Uh, we, you know, our taxes go up uh, significantly, and many ways they double. So, you know, you get penalized for investing in an operation like this, and it just makes it harder and harder to do what we do. Uh, you know, there's some people that you know leave the state to avoid it. There's other people that don't come to the state to avoid it. 
you know, I, I'm a West Virginia guy. I'm, you know, I'm here to stay. So, you know, we're going to we're going to play ball no matter what. Uh, but it basically, you know, it takes opportunity out of both our hands and our ability to really make great jobs for people here too. So you think all around it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's you know, we get we, this amendment as, as we said earlier basically it gives the legislature the ability to update our tax system, which is seventy years old and has made us uncompetitive for years. So ultimately, the success will come with what kind of legislature comes up after this. Uh, so it's important to pass this so we can you know update our taxes and, and how we do taxes. I uh, I have you know great faith. It's important. We've always supported. You know, our, our, our local teachers, I mean, nothing more important for us in terms of education, have a good education system here and public safety. Uh, we've long supported, you know, bonds and, and surplus levies here. I think it's critical. And uh, I think there's, there's ways that the legislature is going to do to have the ability to update the tax form without cutting, uh, you know, the basic local services that are, you know, everybody agrees is critical. Do you think that people will come around to it if it does go through and then, you know, you start to see kind of the, the wares of the yes vote if it happens? Um, yeah, I, you know, ultimately the success of this amendment, uh, you know, the, the, this amendment is really just a first step that allows, you know, the legislature to update our tax form. You know, they could they could turn around and we could suddenly have, you know, evil people come up and do something crazy and then, you know, we'll have a bad outcome. Uh, you know, all the folks that are the legislatures that will be working on this reform, they're all they're elected by the local people. They have to come back to their local communities, and they, you know, first and foremost, have their local communities in in mind first. I believe, and and, and have real great faith that our legislatures will do something smart and not turn around and do something crazy uh, with this change. Wanted to get a, another perspective as well, and to that end, we have joining us via phone West Virginia Education Association President Dale Lee. Welcome in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. So, um, you know, we've we've covered pretty extensively on our whole network, Metro News and the Panhandle News Network, the the drill down about Amendment 2. But can you tell our listeners why the Education Association feels the way it does about Amendment 2 and lay out your your um, opinion about it? Yes. Well, I've heard um, Senator Blair and Senator Tarr talk about their plan and the plan to make counties whole. And to look at the past five years and give them the highest amount plus a million dollars. The thing that bothers me is since you're going to cost the state about uh, $600 million in, in taxes, but there's no plan to make up excess levies that county has. And over 44 of our counties have a school excess levy tax. Many counties have a, a library tax, a uh, 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 a levy for libraries, a levy for uh, public service like EMTs, things like that. There's nothing in their plan that shows how you make up that money for the levy and the bonds. Uh, so it's going to cost education dollars. Secondly, they talk about this is uh, using money from the surplus, the $1.3 billion surplus. Most of the surplus money is is there for two reasons. One, we've gotten a lot of federal dollars for COVID that they've been able to free up other dollars for. And secondly, we've had a flatline budget for the last five years, which means the state's showing no growth, including any uh, growth that most people have for, for inflation. Now, I'm asking you listeners, is your household budget the same right now as it was five years ago? 
are you paying the exact same amount for the electricity bill and, and heating, gas, everything that you did five years ago? No. So you know that things go up, and yet the state has maintained a flat budget so that there's no growth so they can show these huge increases. So break this down for our listeners. You talked about uh, library and levy funding. If um, if for some reason after you know after Tuesday an amendment two has passed and and maybe the funding doesn't come in to make counties whole, how much of a hole in a county education system's budget will this create? Well, you're looking at uh, roughly over three hundred million dollars statewide. And if you'll give me just a second, I'll tell you what it's going to be for Berkeley County and, and, and Jefferson County themselves because of the levies. Because most counties have a levy. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that the levy is going to go away. It's, it's certainly not. But when you have less revenue coming in, and you'll have less revenue coming in because of the uh, money that's the tax dollars that are not being received from the business and inventory tax. Let me turn that off so that it doesn't hear that. See, if you hear uh, any weird stuff come from us, too, on our end, we're getting a new air conditioning system right now. So <laughs> right? we understand the issue. Uh, well, my, mine just kicked on. That's, that's <laughs> the reason I, uh, I panicked there. Uh, but Berkeley County Schools, because of their excess levy, will lose almost $7 million, $6.9 million. And the total county impact, because of other laws of county funding, municipal funding, will be $11.5 million over in Berkeley County. In Jefferson County, their schools will lose $4 million, and the county will lose $6.3 million. Now, like I said, you're not, the levy's not going to go completely away, but with the loss of dollars, you have to reduce the amount that's, that's going out in the levy. So you take a percentage of whatever's in the levy, and part of it may be extra classroom positions. And you have to reduce that based on the percentage of money that's coming in. If you look at it, um, most of the county commissions, all except Berkeley and Putnam, have come out against Amendment 2. The Deputy Association, the Sheriff's Association, firefighters have, have come out against it. Many boards of education have come out against it. Uh, it's not just the the two unions or the three unions, including the West Virginia School Service personnel. It's it's all the groups that that rely on, on a consistent state funding, and there's not going to be that consistency. Well, we've heard some pretty interesting uh, insight and viewpoints on the whole Amendment 2 and this whole political uh Time that's coming up, that's quickly uh, approaching. And don't forget, we'll have you covered uh, on election night right here on WPM and WCST locally. And then our uh, Metro News affiliates, all the Hoppy and the guys, will have your uh, Metro News statewide coverage as well uh, while we're doing that. But we'll be uh, having you covered when it comes to election day here in the Panhandle. And we want to know what your thoughts are on this upcoming election. I mean, uh, you don't have to give us, of course, any personal information, but what are your thoughts on Amendment 2, on Amendment 4? We got the school levy, the police levy. I mean, there's this is a pretty important election coming up, uh, especially locally with money and funds and things of the like. So uh, what are your viewpoints? What are you voting for? And, of course, you don't got to give us any personal information, but text us, 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. And your vote is going to have more power. Um, do you know why? Why? 
because historically midterm elections lower turnout so every mm. vote means a lot that's right and this is an important one so uh make sure you head on out to the polls or you can just tell us uh, what your thoughts are 304-263-4321 is the text line we'll step aside and be back to wrap things up here in a few minutes on panhandle live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms from West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And of course, we've been talking about Amendment 2 and this upcoming elections. Excuse me, this uh, upcoming midterm elections that uh, are pretty important, and we're wanting to hear your opinion. So shoot us a text, 304-263-4321. Are you voting on the school bonds, uh, Amendment 2? Again, don't need to send any personal information, of course, but uh, we do want to hear your thoughts on uh, all the different things that are up for grabs this coming uh, election cycle. And we do have a text on the text line, again, 304-263-4321, saying, uh, voting no on the school bond, sports upgrades should not be included. Uh, the texter goes on to say, I love sports and uh, their value, but it doesn't help improve test scores. Interesting there. Uh, increase teacher and service worker retention or improve education. Uh, typical waste of money by this county. Interesting there. And as you know, Marsha, sports, w- of course, with uh, how our, our sports department, I mean, is out mm-hmm. at you know different high schools every day. It could be really at every day. Um, sports are a big deal. And yeah. that's like a money-making driver, right? And, uh, of course, it's going to be held to the forefront. But it uh, is an interesting comment from the texter here, which, of course, you can text us, 304-263-4321. And they're right. Uh, you know, sports, they, they, they don't necessarily improve test scores. And a lot of scrutiny has, has headed towards, you know, local school districts, you know, nationwide, actually, after the pandemic kind of made more parents pay attention to what the curriculum was. And they were like, wait a minute, what – what um, is my student being taught? And mm-hmm. then the NAEP scores came out, the national. I think that uh, was a real shock to everybody's system. Right. That um, and, and it's no secret in West Virginia, those test scores haven't been stellar in many parts of the state for a number of years. But that, you know, across the board, many of them declined and, and um, you know, significantly. We, we know that um, Jefferson County Schools just kind of changed tact. They decided to, um, they decided to, uh, you know, devote some time to teaching their third graders. You got a call. Oh, I was <laughs> wondering what you were pointing at. Um, the, the basics, the reading, writing, you know, arithmetic, and oh, we just lost our oh, caller. Well, call, call back. back. <laughs> <laughs> call, call back. I, was I to thought you were to trying to get me to play an audio. I was like, I don't know. What you- do you want me to play? Uh, again, call us back, 304-263-4321. We want to hear your thoughts uh, on this upcoming election cycle. Again, uh, focusing right now on yeah, kind of the sports in. situation because, of course, in that school bond, uh, there are some athletic, uh, you know, advancements planned. But uh, I don't think you were done your thoughts. Oh, yet. no, no. I think that a lot of people have said, you know, are you really using the money that we're giving you, you know, judiciously, being good stewards of what you're already getting? Um, so, I mean, I think people are thinking a lot about these, whereas a lot of the times uh, in the past, you know, Berkeley County has a, a huge history of their levies passing, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, it probably will be the same way. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see on, on Tuesday night when folks uh, finish up their, their voting. But if you have a take, 
Call us at 304-263-4321. And it's interesting when you think about the amendments as well. Uh, Amendment 2 specifically, uh, when it seems these local politicians bring it up, immediately behind their comment about Amendment 2 is like the car tax and things Mm -hmm. like that. Because a lot of this stuff is intertwined and intermingled and one thing affects the other thing. Um, I think the car tax is really, I mean, has always been on people's mind. Because, I mean, like uh, the senator we were talking to earlier this morning was saying, nobody likes to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants to pay extra taxes or taxes that they don't think they should be paying. But uh, I don't know. Everything's all intermixed. You know how it is when it comes to politics. Uh, One thing affects something, you know, 10 years from now or six years that happened six years ago. And a lot of us who've lived in the state for a while, you know, remember the days when it, you know, it was just austerity measures because we just didn't have any wiggle room in our budget. And, And to hear things that, you know, we have this these historic budget surpluses, you know, is that sustainable? If you take away this tax revenue, uh, which, you know, a lot of us feel the same way as the senator. We don't want to pay taxes mm-hmm. if we don't have to. But then how do you backfill those um, funding mechanisms for the for the counties? And um, especially if the state doesn't have the kind of revenue from the federal government programs, uh, the COVID relief packages and um, the coal severance money. Yeah. In, so. And us being up here in the panhandle, uh, we're starting to have a little bit more uh, power, I guess, Mm -hmm. as it seems downstate. But what do you think about all this? You, the listener out there uh, in the great eastern panhandle of West Virginia, what do you think about Amendment 2? There's Amendment 4 as well that uh, is just as important, which isn't getting nearly as much attention, really, because of how big Amendment 2 is. That's just a big beast that's there on that ballot this year. But, of course, you got the school bond, your school levy. you got the uh, police levy, which is a big deal. In Martinsburg, that, right. In Martinsburg, because that could be uh, you know affecting the... Uh, you know, workforce in general mm-hmm. there at nine, the police department. Nine positions mm-hmm. uh, it funds. And to be to be clear, and we talked to Chief George Swartwood about this, uh, it's early enough because that levy doesn't expire until 2024. Mm-hmm. They could take another bite at it if it doesn't pass. But I think it's, um, they're trying to be as judicious as possible and put it on the, you know, the big ballots. Right. Um, so get it, get it kind of taking it taken care of early so they can make their plans. Yeah, but the phone lines and the text lines are open. 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. How you feeling about all these different big-time ticket items that are on the ballot this coming midterm cycle? And are you voting early? Because early voting ends tomorrow. Um, Did you go vote early? I have not voted early. Mm. I'm so tempted to because things are just kind of up in the air with my mom in many respects. So like, what if I get called out and I'm not able to vote? Right. Um, You know, that's always in the back of my mind. Um, So that's kind of worrisome. Are you voting early? Are you going to vote on election day? And, you know, have... Have you had to change your your precinct? Because we we oh, had right. for the primary we had a different precinct. We'd been voting at the same place for a couple decades, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> so. Well, let us know what you thought. What what your thoughts are? Again, the phone lines and the text lines are open. 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. So uh, it's also a pretty stellar day here at WVRC Media because, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, seventeen years ago. Uh, uh, Becky Linton from City National Bank uh, became aware through the state DHHR that there were some families that um, had fallen on rough times and they needed some <clears throat> some help for Christmas presents. And uh, she she came to the leadership here at the radio station at the time. And what has uh, emerged from that is this great partnership among uh, City National Bank, the DHHR, um, West Virginia uh, Radio Corporation, now uh, WVRC Media, 
Uh, and uh, for 17 years, or this is the 17th year, for 16 years, uh, we've been helping uh, with a lot of community partners and mm-hmm. a huge amount of community support, pennies by pennies, by you know, coin by coin, by small donation and large donation, to bless hundreds of kids in the eastern panhandle. You know, not just yeah. Berkeley County, Berkeley, Jefferson, Morgan County, special emphasis on pawpaw. You know, we did this uh, uh, pre-kickoff meeting, and they were talking about a lot of the love that they send to pawpaw in particular uh, because some of the families are struggling there. Absolutely. And, uh, well, they do so much with this uh, event each year. And it's been such a longstanding tradition. It's pretty cool. Being a you know a newcomer uh, last year, it was neat to see how, you know, everybody rallied around this mm-hmm. and, you know, talking to the folks over there at City National Bank and seeing, you know, how involved they get. It's it's a really, really cool thing. They need to raise $30,000 this year. <clears throat> and um, the kickoff today, you can actually see Rona over at City National Bank next door to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, her remote... Uh, is today, I believe it starts at 11. Oh, well, I got to get stuff out of the van. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Rona, if Rona can, is listening right now, uh, I promise I will get that stuff out of there. And at the famous stop stop sign at the Olive Garden, they're going to have a boot drive November 19th. <laughs> <laughs> what a good little spot to, right? uh, <laughs> what a great spot for that. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing that again December 3rd. There's a spirit night at McDonald's in Berkeley Springs on November 22nd. Uh, there's another boot drive, this time at the Potomac Marketplace in Ranson uh, with City National staff on December 9th. Uh, pictures with Santa that same day. A coin drive at Airborne Church, which is always adorable because the little mm-hmm. the babies come down with their, their pennies and things and they all donate, uh, which is adorable. December 12th at the event, the Jingle Downtown with Main Street Martinsburg, that will benefit the uh, Christmas cash for kids as well. Absolutely. So uh, all kinds of things going on if you uh, want to stay involved in your community around the Panhandle. And that, well, just about does it for us here on this Friday edition of a Panhandle Live. And goodness, Marsha, it is gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. And you get outside. an extra hour of sleep this weekend. Yeah. I have a love-hate relationship with this <laughs> time of the year. It's lovely, you know, to fall back. I mean, I get And do you really get an extra hour of sleep? Or is it just like a mental extra hour sleep? The mental extra Just to kind of get you through the fact that it's going to be dark at noon. But the spring one hurts. <laughs> the spring one hurts, but the spring one also, uh, you know, is great because, well, it's spring and it's right. nice that you don't have to worry about it. Right. But uh, anyways, that does it for us here on Panhandle Live today. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify page. For Marsha, I am Jordan. Hoppy is next. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.